0: Take note that today's shiur, Daf He, begins at the top of Daf He Omid Beis. In our previous shiur, it was necessary for us to continue from Daf Dalad onto all of Daf He Omid Aleph. So we're now at Daf He Omid Beis at the top. In our previous shiur, we had focused on shitas Shmuel regarding someone who says uh, Mudrani Mimcha without the additional phrase she'ani oicheloch, The conclusion of the Gemara was that if you say mudrani mimcha without adding she'ani o'che'oloch, the mudrani ani mimcha phrase alone does not imply a prohibition of eating. The Gemara had explained what mudrani uh, Modor Mimcha might imply. It said on the bottom of Hey Omen Aleph, three, four lines from the bottom, the Gemara said it means that I won't speak with you. This uh, leads us into a topic that you can see on the side. We have a no say, a general topic heading, and we indicate that this general topic will go till Dav Zayin Aleph. So we have a rather long topic ahead of us. And the immediate topic, the no se is e yodayim havyon yodayim. A yad is a partial phrase. We saw this already in the Mishnah at the beginning of the Mesichta. We also mentioned at the beginning of the Mesichta in our introductory uh, words that nadorim is um, char- is characterized by by terms and phrases that. Don't lend themselves necessarily to a a simple English translation. Rather, we have to we have to become accustomed to terms and how the Gemara perceives what their implication is. So here we're dealing with partial phrases and uh, their effectiveness in binding someone to a vow. The term yodaim mochichos, or if you prefer the opposite, yodaim mochichos, would be a partial phrase whose understanding, whose implied understanding is very clear. What about a partial phrase that whose understanding isn't very clear? It's ein mochichos. Does it have any relevance? Does it create any... Uh, obligation or is one bound as a result of that kind of partial statement that's not absolutely clear so now the Gemara at the top of Hey Omid Beis Kosovar Shmuel shall we say that Shmuel based on what he said that if someone says Mudor Ani and he doesn't add the phrase Shani Oicheloch Shmuel said, it's not obvious that he is restricting himself from any eating benefits. So, as a result of that, should we conclude, therefore, that Shmuel is of the opinion, Yodayim she'ein lo yodayim, That partial phrases, whose understanding is not clear, does not cause any binding or any restriction let's take a look at rashi's explanation at the top since he didn't spell out that phrase that i am prevent i am i am restricting myself from uh from from uh, giving you benefit from eating from me. Since he doesn't say that, we say it's not obvious from just that the speaker is talking about eating. And as a result of that, there is no eating prohibition. So, should we conclude thusly? The Gemara says, in, yes, in, in fact, understand it. Shmuel sets up our Mishnah as a Mishnah based on Rebbe Yehuda, or that our Mishnah is taught by Rebbe Yehuda, that partial phrases that aren't obvious in their meaning are of no consequence. And here we go to a totally different realm of halacha. We're We're now going into the realm of divorces. A divorce is characterized by a written document, a get. And it says in this source, Gufo shall get the heart of a divorce document. In addition to the names of the couple that are getting divorced the following phrase must appear Hare at adam where the husband declares in the text of the divorce document you are now allowed to marry any man rabu Yudah omer vidain and here's a phrase that there's a, quite a bit of aramaic in this phrase vidain dehavi lechim and this shall be uh, unto you from me Sefer Tiruchin Vigeres Shvukin Shvukin a, a uh, text of splitting up of severing and a uh, a letter of of separation of abandonment of separation we take a look at Rashi on the third line from the top Rabbi Omer Di De Kosovar Ilo kosav Mamish Vidain. Rebuters of the opinion, if you don't write into the text this phrase, the means and this, this uh, writing, this piece of parchment in which the, the, the get is written, if you don't have that phrase which specifies and this text is your uh, document of divorce, lav mukha milsa de Baha'i Gita Megarish law. It's not obvious, as far as rebuke is concerned, that this get, that that is through this get, that he is divorcing her. Because partial phrases that are not absolutely obvious do not constitute anything of legal consequence. So from Rebbe Huda's exp- ex- expectation or requirement in a divorce document that things have to be spelled out is so, we'll say, obviously, so clearly without which it's not going to be effective. You see that Rebbe Huda is of the opinion that, that partial phrases uh, that are, or, or expressions that aren't absolutely clear are therefore not binding the Gemara asks what forced Shmuel into setting up the Mishnah like Rabbi Huda why couldn't Shmuel have said that our Mishnah is in accordance with the rabbanan that hold even though the partial phrase is not absolutely clear it still has consequence we take a look at Rashi why doesn't he hold even though he says those phrases by themselves that results in an eating prohibition even without saying that so why couldn't uh, why why couldn't Shmuel have said that the phrase Animimcha alone does prevent, does um, ban someone from eating benefit? Very simply, what was it about our Mishnah that that forces Shmuel to say what he said, that what he does, that without shani ocheloch, you've got a case of a partial phrase that's not clear, and therefore it's not binding. It's not binding certainly with regard to eating. The Gemara answers: Armar rova, masnis kishisei. There was terminology in the Mishnah that led Shmuel to this. S- this uh, single minded conclusion that the Mishnah is in accordance with Rabbi Huda, that you have to have Yodayim Ochichos in order for it to be a binding vow. And what is it about the Mishnah? Amai toni shani ochel loch. Notice we've dashed underlined the word loch or shani toem loch. Toem means to taste fr- uh, from your food or uh, ochel is to eat from your food. Listening, shani ochel. Shani Toim. Why couldn't the Mishnah have simply said Mudar ani Mimcha? Shani Why did the why was it necessary to add Loch, meaning you, to specify the, uh, the the party to whom he's speaking? Wouldn't it have been enough to write to to say ani Shani Ochel? Shma Mino Boinon yodayin mochichos from the insistence on having the word loch in there, you see that things have to be absolutely clear. And if not, if it wouldn't have had loch, I wouldn't have known what the, uh, what the, what the speaker is saying. If we look in Rashi, l'sni shani oche lo shani to'em, li l'meimar loch. Why did the Mishnah have to say, in its example, the word loch as well? The reason for adding the word "loch," meaning uh, uh, to you, he is of the opinion that if the if the partial phrase is not absolutely clear, it's not binding. Had it been phrased without the word "loch," I wouldn't have understood that he is being uh, prohibited from benefiting from his friend. nami mudrani shani Had he said mudrani <inaudible> mimcho without shani ocha loch lo mashmada bchil komar. It doesn't imply eating. Elodelo mishta'ino bahadoch. What it would have implied is uh, I'm not going to be speaking with you. For further elucidation on this particular point of Rava, let's look at the Ran's commentary. You can see the Ran uh, about a third of the way up from the bottom of the wide lines of the Ran. Omar Shisei, lisni Shani Oichel, Shani Toim, Pirush. The a Toni Hachi, below Loch, had the Mishnah taught uh, the Neder. The as Mudani mimcha shani ocheh without the word loch, have a shaminon. I would have concluded the yadayim she ain molchichos have in The afal gav the kfar omar mudrani mimcha, even though he said already mudrani mimcha. In other words, had the mishnah. Taught that a netter like that is a netter, <coughs> is a, a binding vowel, without the word loch, I would have been able to conclude that Yodayim She'en Mochichois is considered Yodayim. Shmuel, after all, is of the opinion that the uh, phrase mud, mud, uh, Mudar Animimcha is coupled with the continuation of Shani Orgel. Afilu hachi shani oicha below loch, and nevertheless, by saying shani oicha without the word loch, yodaim sheim olchichus Ninu. It turns out that it wouldn't be clear. The ikol lemeimar If he would have said mudrani mimcha without the word shani loch, loch without that word loch, I would have thought as follows: mudrani mimcha. I will um, restrict benefiting from you I, in other words I won't uh, benefit from speaking with you if I happen to eat today so you see how that it could have been misconstrued had he said it would have led to us concluding that I won't speak with you if I eat today that's why the word loch had to be added. The time of The reason that the vow preventing eating benefit takes hold is because he used the word loch. Had he said just that, the nether would not have taken off. It's a phrase that's not absolutely clear, and therefore it's not of legal consequence. Let's turn back to the Gemara. Itmar. Yodayim she'en mochichos. These are partial phrases that are not absolutely clear. On the side of the Gemara, you can see we have a no same, we also indicate hemshech. This is a uh, continuation of the topic, Yodayim we're going to see Abaye says that it is binding, and Rova says Lo that it's not binding. Once something can be uh, understood as something else, so it doesn't get off the ground. Now the Gomorrah Yodaim Abaye Omar that it is binding. Omar Lo it's not binding. Omar Rova Rabbi Idi Asbara Li. Rebbe Idi explained to me, Omar Kra. The posuk says in Bamidbar Perakvav, posuk base, we wrote in the beginning of the posuk as well, Ish o Ishoki Yafli, Lindor Neder, Nozir Lahazir Lashem. Makish Yodois Nezirus Le The posuk is comparing partial. Nazirus acceptance to regular Nazirus acceptance. Ma Nazirus bahaflaw, Nazirus Just like the basic um, acceptance of Nazirus must be bahaflaw. Now the word haflaw means clear speech, leaving no room for doubt. So too, the partial speech must be clear should we say that the controversy between Abaye and Rava parallels the machlokis that we saw earlier between the Tanakam between the Chachomim and Rabbi Yehuda that we saw with regard to a get the heart of the get is that phrase that you are now muter to marry anyone you like Rabbi Omer Rabbi Yunus says you have to add into the divorce document this phrase and this that you are receiving from me that this is the document of separation of, of splitting our marriage apart so what do you see the Tanakhama uh, as the Gemara goes on to, uh, to suggest Abaye Domach Rabonon Abaye who says you don't have to have your Mochichos would we'll go like the Tanakama, the first opinion here, that doesn't require that that uh, specification in the document that this is your divorce document. Rovah, Rova who says, mm-hmm. He would accept the position, he would take the position of Rebutah that says you have to spell things out. Omar At this point, the Gemara uh, rejects this suggestion. Uh, the suggestion having been parallel the Amoroyim Roiim Abaye with an earlier machlokes Tanoim, not so Abaye Omar Loch Abaye Abaye responds Afivu My position with regard to Yodayim Sheein Mochichos as being Yodaim will, will conform with the Tana Rebbe In other words, Rebbe will agree with me. And kan, look at Rebbe Yehuda Boin and didayim, and up till this point, Rebbe requires very explicit terminology, elo gabi get. It's only with regard to a divorce de Boinon Crisis In the case of a divorce, the the break has to be absolute. Complete break. And in order to accomplish that complete break between the couple, between this husband and wife, that they are no longer uh, attached to one another whatsoever you have to add this extra expression but regarding other topics do we hear Rebuda being so insistent on spelling things out in an absolutely clear fashion the Rova Omar Ano Di Amri Afilulura Bonan. Rova who says that it's if it's Yodam Shein Mochichos it's not binding can be in uh, it's it could be agreement with the rabbonon that said by the get even if it's not absolutely specified it still is binding at elo mechichos. up till this point the rabbonan said that you, we were not insistent on having the the uh, the details spelled out. Elogabi so get It's only in the case of get do they have this we'll call this this leniency the Gemara continues at the top of Vov Am Aleph Ein Odom Megaresh as Aishis Havero. When a person is handing a divorce document to a woman, it's obvious that he is handing it to his wife to divorce her. A person doesn't divorce someone else's wife. So the the context of the get makes it so obvious as to what is taking place and concerning whom matters are 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 transpiring. Rashi at the top line, Megarish the by writing you are hereby Muteras to marry any man. to Komar, it's obvious that he's speaking to his wife. imish the wife of some other man, Ano Megarish, he can't divorce her. It's so obvious as to what is taking place even without sp- spelling out the V'dayn, uh expression of Rabbi Yehuda. But regarding vows in general, who says that the rabbonan would be so lenient to allow Yodaim Shein Mochichas or to consider that as binding, as we scan ahead in the Gemara, you notice we have triangles, and they're introduced on the side under our Mivna, our topic heading. These are kushos al-abaye, we're going to be challenging abaye, mimikoros debohem royim, debohinon mochichos. From Tanaic sources where it seems that the, uh, the phrase, the partial phrase that a person uses has to be absolutely clear in order for it to be binding. The double underline that follows at each juncture represents a response number one so we're going to present a triangle we call triangle number one and within that there will be a give and take and there will be two responses of Abayi that follow if a person uses that expression a person is referring to some item and he says that it is upon me. What is the result of that phrase? It makes the item prohibited because it is tantamount to a saying that uh, the item is unto me like a sacrifice. We look into the rush. Yes, at the first line, Harehu uh, alai, The uh, person was was uh, located in front of a loaf, or there was a loaf in front of him. and he said the following: one of these uh, expressions that Harehu alai. This is upon me, or Hareze alai. The source tells us that the loaf will become usr to him, as we explained because he is using a phrase that's considered a yad lekorban. He's declaring the loaf of bread unto himself uh, forbidden like a sacrifice. The sacrifice, of course, is something that one dedicates to the base Beis and He's It's then become sanctified and certainly you cannot derive any personal benefit from it so by saying harehu alai and there's a, a some item lying in front of you maybe a loaf of bread it's tantamount to your prohibiting yourself from benefiting from that item now Gomorrah goes on taimo the amar alai hu the he had to spell out the uh, the vow by saying it is upon it is upon me and that's what makes the vow into a vow. Avalo amar alai. Lo. But without saying alai, uh, I wouldn't know that he is vowing. Uh, Rashi says on the fourth line from the top, Avalou Komar Olay, Lo, Darehu, if he would have said just Harehu, mashma Kluman has no implication. The boinon We need to have your partial phrase Having clarity, so is is this then not a Is this is this then not a refutation of abaye's position? Omar loch abaye. Abaye responds: This is not a refutation. By having added the word alai, I conclude who the Had he said but not included the word Allah Harehu dehevker, Harehu teztaka ka'omar. It would imply something else. And therefore the insistence on the olay is not because without that you have a case of yodayim sheh that simply is not binding, but rather because hare zeh or harehu would have led me to conclude something else altogether. The Gemara asks V'ho shu yad Korban Let us take a look at the Rashi V'ho yad komar the expression uh, The expression is binding because it is considered a Partial expression that implies uh, prohibition, like a sacrifice. amris You can't say that by saying hu, it would have implied uh, a a a declaration of hetker. means to declare something unowned or a a, a vow to give charity let's also look at the rush the rush adds a little more a little more clarity here uh, we're looking at the rush in the toward the beginning of his commentary the expression in the Teneic source that we saw three lines from the top namely that the vow is binding because it's a yad l'korban is going specifically on the phrase harehu or harezeh not a reference to the word Olai. the olay don't have a yad the word Olai is not a partial expression it activates the harehu term to be a yad v'kei v'n aharehu and since the Seifa is referring to that, korban it's, havey. It's obvious, it's simple, it's obvious to the Tana that Harehu is a is a reference to prohibition like a sacrifice. Velekul is b'midi acharina. There's no room for thinking that he's trying to declare something hefker unowned or something as charity. The hamatish korban Oh hare ze l'korban or harehu? When a person sanctifies something as a sacrifice, he will say Hu korban or hareze. Hilchach hamatfis beloshon ze daiton ami a korban. When a person speaks and says Hu or hareze, it's very clear that he is referring to a uh, to a sacrifice, not hefker tztaka. Even though hare ze or hare who is rather clear that he's referring to a sacrifice, nevertheless it says olai, almo time of the kumar olai. So we see from here that it's only because he adds the word olai, dika make, haychacha, that makes it very clear. Avol below haychacha lohav yad afakav the dayte a korban, the lekuvusvuki b'midi achrini. So with that explanation in mind the uh, response of Abaye was that I need the Olay, because otherwise Harehu would have implied Hefker or Tzedakah, that's unfounded, because of the text itself, indicating that the Harehu or the ze expression is a reference to sacrifices. Ela Amah so we have to go back and try to defend Abaye in light of this kasher, the source seeming to indicate that without the word Olai, I have a, a, an example of Yodayim Sheh uh, Mochichos, and it wouldn't have been binding. Whereas Abaye would have told you it is. So Elo'eim Otaim Odomar Olai hud Asir V'chavei Mutter. By adding the word Olai, it makes it such that I am um, prohibited from benefiting from the item. And someone else though so, someone else, however, is allowed to benefit from the item. Amar Omar Harehu If he would have said simply that, Harehu, Shnehem Asurin, the Dilma Harehu Because by saying Harehu, the uh, implication is he is declaring it as hektish, hektish being something that's forbidden to everybody, hektish is a sanctification of the item so uh, just to review the, the defense of Abaye we thought that the Teneik source said you have to add the word Olai because without that nothing would have taken hold and that would have been a kasha on Abaye they mean that Harehu would have been an example of it's a partial phrase that, that lacks uh, that lacks clarity lacks um, preciseness and therefore uh, according to the source without the olay it would have been non-binding and that would have been a problem for abaye S- so the, the source by saying you've got to have the word lie indicates without it you've got yodayim abaye says not so the word olay is necessary to dispel a an alternative uh, vow binding conclusion. The word online is needed to as what well to dispel a mistake I would have made. Once again, it's not simply because "harehu" is a partial phrase lacking clarity. That in and of itself wouldn't have meant that there's no vow. Why then was it necessary to add Olai? Because without Olai, I would have thought that the speaker is sanctifying the item, thereby prohibiting it to be benefited by all. He therefore had to say Olai to indicate that it's being prohibited only upon himself, but others are able to benefit. (laughs) Meisveh. Harezu chatos harezu asham. If a person says that, he declares a, an animal a sin offering or a guilt offering, even though the speaker is someone that is guilty of or obligated to bring a chatas or an asham, He, for example, is a person that had eaten blood. blood of, uh, of, uh, eating blood of animals is a prohi- prohibition that if done unwittingly, Obligates a person to bring a chatos, a sin offering. So a person like that, that had been had an, had in fact eaten animal blood, and he says harezu chatos, it's meaningless. Harezu chatosi, harezu if he says this is my sin offering or my guilt offering, im hoya if he is a person that had been obligated to bring it. Then by saying that will obligate him. That will uh, that will in effect sanctify the item. Tiyufta abaye. Is this not then a refutation of abaye? Meaning that without the extra element of clarity, if you have this what we would call Yodayim Shain mochichos, the source indicates lomar klum. That would be a refutation of abaye. If we look at the Ran, second line from the bottom, Yad by saying it's it is a partial expression, it's at least that the since the person himself had eaten blood as an example, he's he's high up to bring a sin offering, Are by by saying Khatas, in effect he's saying this is my Khatas. And yet the source says lo amar Klum. So you see a problem for Abaye, Omar Lo chabaye. Homoni Rabbi Yehuda he. My tells you that this source is in accordance with Rebi Yehuda. And I said what I said in accordance with the rabbanan now Reb and Rabbonin if you recall they spoke up in the context of a divorce document where Reb said you've got to spell things out you have to add that Vidain dihavi, lechi, etc. expression so the, a source that's insistent on such specific, specificity and and preciseness and clarity that's in accordance with Reb Huda. but I who said that you don't need that level of clarity in order to be binding? I am in accordance with the Rabbonon. The Gemara asks, but Abai himself said back in that discussion, back on the Heilmid base, you, we have a little star if you want to find where that was cited. Uh, Abai there had said, My position is a position that even Reb would agree with. And now, you're telling me that I, Abaye, say what I do, only within the Rabbonan, not within Rebihuda. The Gemara says, Hodar Bey. Abaye re, uh, retracted from that claim that his point of view was in accordance with Reb as well. So he's retracting from that. And Abai is in effect saying that the uh, position I'm taking that Yodaim Sheh Mokichos is yodaim that's something only the Rabbonon would agree with. But Rabbi Yudah, just like in the case of divorce documents you have to have absolute clarity so too in vow taking as well. You have to have absolute clarity. The Gemara continues Elo Leymah Rava the Yudha, should we say that just like Abaye is limiting himself to shitas Harabonon, R- Abaye's Bar- barplukta, R- Abaye's adversary, namely Rava, that he is limited to Rabbi Yehuda, Rava who said you have to have your ochichos. Is in 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 general in vows? That's an opinion that's limited to Rebbe Huda. Our Malach Rava will say not so. My opinion is not restricted to Rebbe Huda. I know the Amri Afilu My idea that you have to have Yodaim Mochichos in general in vows is something that the Rabbonan would agree with. <speaking in Hebrew> Up till now, we see. The Rabbonan saying you don't have to have that that, uh, uh, exceptional clarity, elogabi get. Where are the Rabbonan lenient in there, or or where are they uh, of that opinion that you don't have to have exceptional clarity? That's in the case of the get, of the divorce document, because of the obvious surrounding circumstances the person doesn't divorce someone else's wife the person is handing a get in which it says at muteris l'chol adam. you are hereby muter to everybody obviously he's not obviously he is divorcing his own wife there's no room for any doubt about that but in general in the general realm of vows bo'inon melchichos you have to have uh, clear. You have to have clear speech. Uh, that your your partial expression has to be very clear. Otherwise, if there's some alternative um, meaning to what you say, to what you're saying, it will not be binding. Now, it comes out then according to uh, according to this Gemara that Abaye and Rova are in effect. Uh, arguing within the Shita of the Rabbanan that namely uh, vows in general according to the Shita of the Rabbanan do you have to have clarity according to Abaye? No, you don't have to have absolute clarity. According to Rava, uh, the the Rabbanan will tell you in in vows with regard to vows in general, you do have to have absolute clarity. As far as Shita's Reb Yehuda is concerned, Abaye concedes that just like Reb Yehuda requires absolute clarity with regard to Kitten, he requires likewise with regard to all vows. And of course, Rava, uh, of the holding that all Tanayim will agree with him, agree with that analysis of Reb Yehuda. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.